there it is, ladies and gents. And you get to hear the bell at the same time. That's perfect because we got a show for you guys today. You in the real estate space, you ready to take your business from zero to hero? Then this episode is for you. You're not going to want to miss out. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss! All right, it's time to bring the heat, ladies and gents. Here's the intro. Just because you got your real estate license doesn't mean that clients are just going to come your way. There are some skills that every agent must learn. You got to learn to lead generate, lead follow-up, negotiate, present, and close. And without these skills, your real estate career will sizzle and burn out. Fortunately, today's guest is here to help. He's been helping agents build a predictable real estate business, showing them what they need to know to take their real estate business to the next level. So let's welcome to the show, Mr. Luke Andrews. All right, Luke, welcome to the program, my friend. How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. I love the energy in here. Dude, that's how we roll, dude. All right, let's do this thing, man. Um, Of all the careers you could have got into, you went into real estate. Why? Why? Why real estate? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I, I kind of fell into it by happenstance. Uh, my wife was an agent and I was in the corporate world. You know, I was doing the corporate nine to five. I was in strategic marketing and data analytics. And she said, you know, hey, you know, you're commuting back and forth from downtown to the house. She's like, it'd be fantastic if just on your way home from downtown, you could just stop and show these houses for me in the evening and I wouldn't have to go out at rush hour. And so she was like, why don't you just get your license part-time? You can help me out a little bit. And man, I fell in love immediately and immediately started making plans of, you know, how am I going to leave this corporate rat race? And it took about 18 months to kind of get the plan and everything solidified. And it was like, every time I'd get up the courage to go tell my boss that to, you know, today's going to be my last day or here's my two weeks. It's like, oh, hey, here's a little raise. Here's a bonus. Here's a, you know, whatever it is. And then one day I realized that I'm so sick and tired of just kind of that stair step, you know, a few percentage points a year going up, tired of making somebody else rich. I need to take, uh, take my future into my own hands. I love how you came up with a plan, an 18 month plan, or it took 18 months for for you to figure it out. I think a lot of real estate agents that jump into this space uh, do it because there's large commission checks. They get to set their own hours, but those same upsides tend to be their downsides. What were some of those key things in your plan that got you to the point where you could finally say, peace out, boss? Well, you know, for me, it was a matter of making sure that I had, you know, some income set aside. Obviously, my wife was an agent as well. And, you know, it's it's tough going from, you know, having benefits and a steady salary and whether you work 100 hours or no hours in a week, that paycheck's still coming on Friday. Um, so I had to make sure that we had some money set aside in the bank. 
But what you talked about there that people like to get into real estate for like the flexible hours, creating their own schedule. What I realized early on is that flexible hours don't mean optional hours. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of agents really fall short um, is they get so caught up in the flexibility um, that they forget to actually do the work. Well, let's talk about the skills that you need to, to, to get good at real estate because the credential itself, getting your, your real estate license is one thing, but that's not necessarily the skill set that's going to grow your business. So what are some of those skill sets that you either had to develop or that you're, that you're using and teaching agents now? Skills I've acquired over a very long career. I love, love, love that sound bite. That's, that's awesome, man. <laughs> um, but I, I'll tell you what, there, there are three key things. So right now I lead a team of agents. Um, I've got 21 agents right now that I'm, I'm trying to help develop. The majority of them are new to the business or first few years in the business. And there's three key areas that, that we really try to focus on outside of, you know, just some basic organizational time management, that kind of stuff, but to really kind of run their business we focus on, on three key areas. Um, first and foremost, we're looking for the skills to compete in today's market because the market is shifting and changing. You know, it, what worked five years ago isn't working today. I mean, hell, what worked six months ago isn't working today. And so we're having to constantly level up our skills and make adjustments. Um, so we're working on those with our specific market. But more importantly, we are actively engaging our sphere of influence and how we're staying in touch with our sphere of influence and how we're actively growing our sphere of influence and doing a little, a little bit different today than we were doing it three, five, seven years ago. Um, and finally, I'm starting to shift a lot of my agents into working with investors. I think investors are going to be really key over the next couple of years. Um, and in addition to that, I also feel like they should all consider being investors themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at it like a, a corporate CEO, you know, who's a, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. A lot of their compensation and their retirement is going to be tied up in company stock. You know, it's not all going to be there, but a lot of it's going to be there. And so I'm telling these agents, it's like, hey, if it's good enough for these people to invest in the industries and the companies that they're working for right now, why aren't you doing the same? Real estate is what you know you need to be in that investing side, especially with all the benefits that come along with it. So skills to compete, growing and uh, working with your sphere of influence and then working with investors. Those are three things that uh, a lot of times you don't really think about. The sphere of influence is something that a lot of agents start off with. You know, uh, this it, and it's funny because brokerages tend to churn and burn agents a lot. They come in, they're like, you're new, cool. Talk to your aunts, your uncles, your parents, your friends. An agent will come in, do one or two deals and then poof, disappear uh, what kinds of things are you doing to help them grow their sphere or work on their sphere? What are some of those strategies and tactics that help keep that person in front of them so that when they're not, when the opportunity shows up, buyer or seller, they're the one they come up and talk to? So you are exactly right that the majority of these brokerages, I mean, they're they're looking for as many agents as they can, and they're coming in, they're you know having them do two or three deals, uploading their sphere of influence into a database. And then they go away and it's really only the, the company that, that benefits from that. Um, we're trying to, to stay away from that. Uh, you know, I don't, I never wanted to be that agent that was just constantly talking to my friends and family about buying and selling real estate 
that I, I didn't want my name or number to pop up on their caller ID. And they're like, oh, hell, what does he want now? Don't want to talk uh, to that guy. <laughs> and that's it's exactly what I don't want for myself. And I don't want that for my agents either. And so we're working on ways of, you know, how can we actively engage our sphere with just having just general basic conversations? Um, but more importantly, how are we growing our sphere? Um, so if we're the industry math will tell you that if you're actively staying in front of your sphere of influence, that however, however large that sphere is, whatever size it is, you're going to get roughly 10% of that in transactions in a given year. So, you know, easy math. If I've got 100 people in there, that should result in 10 transactions a year. So the thing that I'm trying to do is to have them have them go after any and every lead possible. Um, even if it seems like it's something that isn't necessarily worth their time in the beginning, or it may have a large referral fee attached to it for the simple fact that it's growing their sphere of influence on the backside. And then, so in a couple of years, when those people either a turnover on their own properties, or they start referring you their friends and family, you're not paying any referral fees on that. So how are we actually growing that sphere? Um, and like I said, the, it's it's been the referral fee model for um, for lead gen that has been a, a real point of contention for agents. They're used to things in the past where it's been okay. I pay a set amount of money each month, and I'm given you know a few leads. I may get five leads, I may get twenty leads, and I don't really have a lot of control over them. Well, these new lead sources are moving towards a referral fee model where you're not paying for anything up front, but you may be paying them twenty five, thirty, thirty five percent of the commission. And so I've got agents who start doing the math and they're like, okay, well, if I sell a $400,000 house, which I'll tell you, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. So a $400,000 house is a, is a very nice house. Um, I understand on the, on the coast, that's uh, it's probably not going to get you too much, but it's, yeah, we're in San Diego, man. Median house price is like uh, 650 plus. <laughs> yeah, we're we're at a median price point of about 225,000. So 400 is a is a solid deal, but they start doing the math and they're like, "Well, you know, if they're taking 35% and here's what I'm getting." Um, so I decided to take a different tactic in a one-on-one -on -one with an agent who was kind of complaining about that. And I said, "Okay, I was like, you've got this $400,000 buyer with this referral fee. I understand that you don't want to pay that that big chunk of your commission. I got a $260,000 buyer over here who uh, there's no referral fee attached. Um, if you want them, they're yours. And they said, oh, yeah, I'll take those. I'll take as many of those as I can get. And I said, OK. I said, well, here's what you did. I said, you're doing the math, but you're doing the wrong math. Hmm. I said, if you break down the commission dollars between that $400,000 with the referral fee and $260,000 without, the numbers line up the same. But the big difference is, is in three to five years, when these people go to upgrade and move, instead of selling a $400,000 house and buying a $700,000, they're selling a two sixty dollars and buying a four hundred. Mm. Not bad, but not as good as it could be. And if we are, you know, as people say, we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with, that $400,000 buyers hang out with other $400,000 buyers. That's where your referrals are going to come from. Um, and so I've, I've tried to help my agents understand this principle of, you know, let's don't be so short-sighted in what we're trying to come up with. Let's look to play the long game. Yes. Most agents are out of the business in three to five years. I don't want them to be a statistic. I want you thinking about five, seven, 10, 15 years down the road, because that's how successful I want you to be.
It's because we walk into these brokerages and we look at that agent who's been at this for like 20 years, right? We look at him and all of a sudden we're like, dude, you don't even make phone calls. It seems like all the deals just come and fall on your lap. And you think that that's what real estate is going to be about. But what you're explaining makes a lot more sense. It's like, look, that guy has years of building his database, years of establishing those relationships. So the deals seem like they come in, but you didn't see the last 20 years of him busting his butt, taking those referral deals, taking any deal he can to build that sphere of influence. It, it, comes over time you're building it over time the lifespan of a loan is like seven years that's when they're going to refinance and they're going to move out anyways you get the purchase and the sale like this is definitely a long play but the downside of that is i have bills to pay like yesterday right and 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 or or worse for the real estate agent i haven't paid my tax bill that was due in april like i gotta make some commission checks like now yeah. so when you're looking for agents to to work on your team all of them deal with all kinds of issues very similar to that. Who's your ideal client? Who's the person that you're looking for to join Luke Andrews and your team? I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. You know, for me, I'm, I'm really looking for people who I feel are going to be a culture fit, um, who are going to be self-starters, um, and then people who are either well-connected or have a desire to be well-connected. You don't have to be well-connected on the front side, but you have to have that desire to be well-connected. But you also need to be a self-starter as well. What I tell my agents is, you know, if you tell me what you want to do in three to five years, if you want to be a large independent agent, if you want to have your own team, your own brokerage, whatever it is, I will help you build that plan. But I can't work it for you. I can't drag you across the finish line. I can help you build it, but you're going to be the one that actually has to do the work. Sometimes we have this dream. I, I love the the idea of of the lottery. So right now, the lottery in California, I think uh, the last time I checked it, I don't know if they won already, but it was almost a billion dollars. So you go to this, you go to Seven Eleven, you buy that ticket, and all you do is really you start dreaming. You pay for that idea of what could happen. But the beautiful part of that when you become a real estate agent or entrepreneur is if you can write down that vision and keep that vision in front of you, what you're talking about is helping them create the plan to reach that vision. A lot of agents don't even know where they want to go, much less how they're going to get there. So creating that plan and getting them there, that's one of those, uh, I don't know, it's difficult to get people to take those action steps. Uh, when when they come work with you, what are some of those things that that you have set up that put them in action to get them closer to those dreams? Well, one thing is we try to break it down as absolutely as as simple and as basic as possible. I mean, it, you know, they talk about kind of breaking down your goals, breaking down your dreams. Well, we try to break it down to okay, you know, let's don't look at what you want to make in a year. Let's figure out what you need to make in a month. And if that's the case, what do you need to make in a week? And then we can kind of start to back into averages of, you know, hey, how many phone calls do you need to make? How many new clients do you need to meet with? How many appointments do you need to go on? How many listing, whatever it is. And then we just try to break it down unbelievably simply so that it's it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Sometimes these, these big goals are fantastic. And like, I love the Grant Cardones of the world that say, take your goal and 10 exit. But that can seem so far off and so unrealistic that you get overwhelmed and you don't actually take the action and the steps that you need to, to make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why we try to break it down so simply where it's like, okay, well, um, you know, I don't need to think about, 
the 150 phone calls I need to make this month. I need to just think about the five that I need to make today. You, you mentioned earlier that one of the things that you work with agents is the skills to compete. We're in a definitely in a changing market. Fed raising interest rates. Uh, people are kind of stepping back as buyers are becoming less and less qualified in some markets. Uh, you're even starting to see something we haven't seen in a long time, which is price reductions. Mm -hmm. uh, as we enter some of these markets, maybe not the foreclosure market we saw in 2008, but you're definitely going to have some people that are starting to, to get underwater entering into foreclosure closure what are some of the skills that you are training agents on right now to prepare for a shift in that market first and foremost we start with just basic communication skills um you know nothing against the the millennial generation or this or the gen z but they they are so used to communicating electronically whether it be email or text or you know whatever it happens to be that they they tend to struggle on the on the face-to-face and so we're working through how do we communicate effectively um, because 90% of what we're doing uh, can be handled through effective communication. Um, you know, that, that is the first key to negotiation. And if you are better at communicating than your counterparts that are out there, you are going to win more listings. You're going to win more negotiations. And then you're actually going to be able to, to talk to these other agents. Maybe you're representing a buyer. Uh, but you're out there talking to these listing agents and you're speaking in a way, one, that you can sell your clients the absolute best that you can. Um, but it also it just puts you in this position of power when you're able to negotiate on, on the front side. Communication. I, I love the, the factor that. OK, so you mentioned millennials and Gen Z. They're communicating electronically. Um, and the only reason I think that is a huge difference is because you're just now getting the millennial population into that buying pool. Mm -hmm. Gen Z hasn't quite got there yet, but they're at the age where they're starting to represent clients that are in that buyer pool. So that communication factor is important, but eventually we're going to have to switch the other way when those millennials and Gen Zs get a little bit older, communicating in their style as well. What about working with investors? Because that's kind of the same type of situation. When you're working with investors, there's a different type of communication, even a different type of language that you use to communicate to investors than you would with a typical buyer or seller. What skills are you working on there? So with investors, I love, love, love having my agents work with investors. Um, first and foremost, it's a skill set that most agents aren't taking advantage of. And I think that they're a little intimidated and nervous by the process. So it, it just naturally makes it a little simpler. There, you're not competing with as many agents that are out there. Um, you know, and with prices changing and adjusting with the real estate market, you know, the, the large increases that it's, that it's seen over the last few years, investors tend to take notice and people with money who haven't thought about investing in real estate in the past are now starting to look at the stock market. That's a little bit shaky and they've seen the real estate market climb and climb and climb. You've got more investors coming in on a regular basis. Um, but I tell my agents that investors are fantastic because it's, it, it tends to be an easier sale. If you can find the deal, it's much mm -hmm. less emotional. It's just, if the numbers make sense, the numbers make sense. Um, investors tend to keep you fed when the market slows down. Um, so when agents are scrambling, uh, even, even when the market's hot, it still tends to slow down during the holidays. So you think like from Thanksgiving to New Year's, as the market starts to slow down, that's when investors are heating up. One, because they have less competition, so they feel they can sneak in and they can grab a deal. Um, but two, a lot of these wealthy individuals who are investors, that's the time where they're starting to review 
the the prior year and realizing, oh shoot, I made more money than I thought I did. I need a couple of quick tax write-offs before the end of the year. And so they're coming in and they're snatching up a few things. And then if the market does take a significant slowdown, I don't think that it's going to take a massive slowdown, but if it takes a decent slowdown, um, agents who are working with investors, investors are going to be primed and ready because they love to shop when things are on sale. So if you already have that investor client base, if you already have that knowledge base, that language like you're talking about, you're just going to be primed to win when all other agents are, are scrambling and flailing, just trying to stay afloat. To me, in my opinion, real estate and sales is one of those careers that there is no limit to how much you can earn and uh, like where you can take that career. And I, I teach a class called Financial Algebra. I got a lot of 17-year-old high school seniors that are in my class, and we definitely talk a lot about real estate. Um, and I always ask this of the entrepreneurs that come on the show. What was your experience like in high school? How, what kind of high school student were you? What kind of education did you have either, you know, after high school to get you in a position where you are today? You know, for me, I, I didn't have that, that financial literacy and education. Um, so first and foremost, I want to say thank you for what you're doing for those kids because they absolutely need it. Um, it was something I recognized a couple of years ago and I started volunteering at a couple of high schools especially those in some underserved areas, um, teaching, uh, teaching two different classes. One of them is just an intro to finance where we talk about just basic investing and even just how to balance, how to balance a checkbook. Yes. Um, you know, what to do when you start getting all of these credit card offers the day that you turn 18, you know, <laughs> how to handle those situations. Most of these people, these kids don't understand the implications that a decision they make at 18 can have on their lives at 20, 25, 30 years old when they go to buy a house. Uh, and so that's that's an area where I have really tried tried to give back uh, because, like I said, I just did not have that growing up. Um, I wasn't around a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I didn't really know what success looked like. Um, I had to try to go out and figure it out on my own. And of course, you know, Instagram wasn't around at the time, but I was yeah. looking at MTV cribs and everything else. And to me, that's what success was. And so that's what I was striving for. And you end up getting yourself into some trouble pretty quickly trying to keep up with the Joneses. You pimped um, out your ride, you know, didn't you? When you're 23 years old. You pimped out your ride, didn't you? I <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, what, what what about high school? What was that like for you? Were you like a good student? Or did you struggle? What was that experience like? I, I was a, I was an average student. Yeah, B's and C's. Um, you know, played played a lot of sports. Uh, you know, had a had a great, fantastic time. But I mean, just uh, just very very average. You know, colleges weren't beating down my door to give me uh, academic scholarships. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough that I was able to get an athletic scholarship to at least cover a portion of my tuition. Um, and then I worked multiple jobs while I was in college to make sure that I was able to, to finish and graduate. So now that you've had a life experience, you, you've stepped in a couple holes yourself, you made some mistakes, um, you've, you've designed a life that you love to live. What advice would you give to that 17 year old just about to graduate high school and doesn't quite know what they want to do, but is worried about what life is going to bring. I think the advice is to find something that you're passionate about and work insanely hard, just so tirelessly to 
to try and achieve that vision that you have for yourself. And to remember this, this one quote, if you know a guy named Tom Bilyeu uh, created Quest Nutrition, um, I was fortunate enough to get to see him speak at a conference and then was able to have lunch with him after um, in like a small That's table awesome. of like 10. Yeah, um, dope. And he said something that was so unbelievably profound that just had this massive impact on my life. And he said, true success is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. And I never thought about it that way. And I was always looking to the exterior, the outside world to validate what I was doing. Um, and then once I made that shift, it, it's amazing how much more, you know, quote unquote successful that I got, how much more money I was able to make. Um, and really it was just all about doing what I was passionate about because I found out once I found my passion, it didn't feel like work. I didn't mind putting in the extra hours, doing the things that it took to make it as successful as possible. All right. You got agents that are going to be banging down your door. They want to work with you and, and learn from what it is that you're doing. Everything from get, developing the skills to come to market, working and growing their sphere of influence and working with investors. How do they work with you? How do they get a hold of you? And what's that process like? Easiest thing to do. I mean, you, you can connect with me on social um, I believe everything's kind of running across the bottom of the screen. It's at, at Luke Andrews RE for real estate, but just send me an email, Luke at LukeAndrews.us. Um, absolutely go through. I do. I check and respond to all of my own emails. I don't have any of my VAs taking care of that for me. I, I like to stay on top of my email on my own. So if anybody has any questions about the real estate market, you know, how to get into real estate, how to get started in real estate, real estate investing, whatever it is, or if you just want to comment because you don't like my shirt. I, I don't care. I love to talk to people. Uh, reach out anytime. I'm more than happy to, to connect and chat. What's, uh, what's one thing that you learned as a real estate agent you wish somebody would have taught you right off the bat? Who Start investing early. I wish I would have invested significantly earlier because I'm going back and I'm looking at deals three years ago that I said, ah, you know, that's a little too expensive. And I don't think the, you know, it's only paying 7% return. I'd really like to get 11. Um, I'm wishing I would have picked those up because right now those, those prices are up about 40% in the last three years on some of those properties. Um, I'd be sitting a lot better now if I would have done that. Oh, and ladies and gents, as agents, there's so many cool ways you can do that. You can get paid commission or you can apply that as a credit towards your own purchase. There's a lot of cool things that you can do sure. as a real estate agent to take advantage of the market. You're in it. So use those tools the best you can. All right, Luke, man, uh, before we head out, because we're getting close to time, I want to make sure I give you the floor. Um, any final thoughts, dude, anything, anything that, that you want to make sure you get across to the audience or real estate agents that are, that are new to the market or been experienced for a while, go out and find a coach or find a mentor. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a paid coach. I am a firm believer in paid coaching. I, I hire coaches myself. Um, I am part of some paid coaching programs. Um, but if, if you're in, if you're early on in the business, you can't afford it. You feel like you don't have that extra money. Go find a mentor, go talk to somebody who's been doing it for a while. Most agents you will find are more than happy to try to share their knowledge and pass that torch because we realize that there aren't enough good agents in the market. There are so many bad agents that we want to make sure that we're cultivating that environment and bringing on as many good people as we can. Hey man, real quick. How do you feel about 
social media, getting on podcasts, doing stuff like that to help grow your sphere of influence as a real estate agent? I think it's amazing. I will tell you, I don't do as good enough job on social media as I should. Um, I really enjoy being on podcasts. I'm on a lot of podcasts because it's just, it's something fun for me. Um, I enjoy getting up and speaking and I, I do give, I, I'm fortunate enough to get on stages and give speeches across the country. And then this is a good way for me to stay in practice and kind of sharpen my craft. Um, but I think social media is a great way. It doesn't have to always be about real estate all the time. People want to know that you're a human being and you're not just a real estate robot. Share personal stories. You know, go out, show that you are a real person. Now share your real estate successes as well. You want them to know that you're successful and that you can handle their probably largest financial transaction in their lives, but they also want to know that you're a person too. Man, you got to be a little human, dude. A little bit of a human being because, you know, chances are you're 100% human being. Just saying, maybe not Elon Musk, but the rest of us are 100% human beings. All right, Luke, last question I got for you, man. Um, just like in the real estate business, the way we grow our podcast is through video testimonials. What was your experience like uh, on the Business Bros podcast? Everything from booking the show to being on the show. It was so unbelievably simple and just the energy that you bring to the show. I can tell that you're uber passionate about what you're doing. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm so passionate about what I do that I genuinely appreciate that passion that other people bring to the work that they're doing. So thank you. Boom. That's what it is. Ladies and gents, look, if you're a real estate agent, you just don't know where to start. There's always someone who can mentor you. So what state are you in, uh, Luke? Kentucky. Kentucky. So if you are in the state of Kentucky uh, and you are looking for a team member, or maybe you're not in the, in the state of Kentucky, you just need a mentor because it doesn't really matter where you're at. The skills and that you need to be successful in real estate, a good mentor can teach those to you. So start by going to LukeAndrews.us, LukeAndrews.us, have a conversation with Luke. At the very least, set up a time to talk because that's where things kick off. Maybe you drive, maybe you don't, but have a conversation with the mentors who are out there willing to give you their time and learn from them. They're already doing what you want to do. So get out there, start with LukeAndrews.us. Uh, Luke, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys again manana. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz 